Hello, folks. It's Thanks for the Knowledge, Fanfights Weekly News Show, rounding up the headlines, games, and entertainment in one handy podcast. I'm your host, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. Hope everyone's had a wonderful week. Uh, it's been very busy for us. Uh, with a lot of game releases. We're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about stuff that's coming up soon. We're going to talk about top stories, of course. Uh, We're also going to talk about Destiny 2 with Dylan Skiffington. We've really, really been focusing a lot on Elden Ring here on the podcast network, but we got to talk about Destiny 2, The Witch Queen. It's one of the biggest releases of the year. Uh, Before we get to that awesome conversation, here are the top stories of the week. The last Final Fantasy XIV live letter was actually last Friday, but since we recorded the show on a Friday morning, we didn't get to talk about it. Uh, but a lot of cool announcements. They really want to go over the next 10 years of Final Fantasy XIV, which is a lot. Um, we did find out some really interesting stuff. I'll just cover some of the hits. If you want to find, of course, every single aspect of the live letter, as well as just every single aspect of Final Fantasy XIV, you can go to the linkshell.com. That is the linkshell, L-I-N-K, S-H-E-L-L.com. That is Fanbyte's wonderful vertical for Final Fantasy XIV. But here are a few details. Uh, There will be a major graphics overhaul in Final Fantasy XIV for 7.0. 7.0 will be the first major expansion after Inwalker, which of course just came out. Now, Yoshida and the team are not going for photorealism when they when they say they want to overhaul the graphics, but here are aspects of the improvements that you'll see. Higher resolution textures, especially on hair, skin, and gear. Improved material qualities. We saw some cool screenshots of what metal will look like. It looks much more realistic. And a lot better lighting and shadow effects, especially on players' faces, as well as the environments themselves. Um, so that's a really big deal. We've seen games like WoW really not overhaul their graphics engine uh, at any point during their time, uh, but Final Fantasy XIV is going to do that in between 6.0 and 7.0. So between now and whenever 7.0 comes out, we will see some major improvements to graphics, uh, which will be uh, a nice a nice, uh, nice thing because that game does look beautiful, but I will say it looks a little old. Um, one other thing that uh, Yoshida has said that he wants to do is basically add another two weeks uh, to the patch development cycle. Uh, he felt like he really burnt out his team. COVID was really difficult. Uh, he said, quote, those two weeks that we asked for your patience is one week for additional implementation and then one week for fine tuning. As I explained in the first half of the presentation, we really depended on the motivation of each of the developers that run the team looking at our schedule and how we were. I do want my team to be healthy and to be able to maintain a good level of quality and quote. Um, they were just pushing too hard. Uh, this past, this past few years, they were really, really working very, very, uh, very frequently, Long hours, long weeks uh, has been reported a few times and also suggested by Yoshida himself. Uh, And now he is saying, hey, listen, we're just going to take more time in between these patch cycles going forward. They're telling us now the community is super cool with this for the most part. So I'm glad that they are taking the time. Uh, what else is going on? We, uh, the, the free trial, by the way, is back. Uh, they took that off when Inwalker came out and we had such an influx of new players, uh, that they halted the, 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 the free trial. They halted even sales of the game sales, of course, went back, uh, relatively, uh, quickly. And now the free trial is back. Uh, it, it 
came back on February 22nd this past week, and now you can try it up to, I believe, level 60. Is that correct? <laughs> I've never heard the messaging before. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you can go see more details about the free trial, of course, over at the link shell. Final Fantasy XIV streamer Zeppla has fled Ukraine uh, to escape the, of course, the onslaught of violence happening in the country right now as a result of Russia's violent invasion. Uh, she fled to Poland uh, safely uh, and, and tweeted about her experience. Um, and she also uh, made note of a few different charities that you can find. If you want to go to fanbyte.com, you can find this post. There's an attached subreddit with a lot of uh, a lot of links to different charities that you can uh, that you can give to if you want to help the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine. Uh, there are ch uh, charities for children aid. Uh, there's charities for uh, uh, helping animals that are displaced by the by the violence there. That's um, a really good exhaustive list if you want to check that out. You can find the link in the piece about Zeppla on fanbyte.com. Uh, in that vein, the This War of Mine uh, developers, 11-Bit Studios, They've said that the profits of the game, this war of mine for the next week will go to the Ukrainian Red Cross, uh, which will help uh, aid a lot of displaced folks and folks in need uh, as violence continues to spread across the country. Uh, like we said, if there are uh, other, other charities that you think we should know about and link uh, in uh, on our website or in one of these pieces, please let us know over at fanbyte.casa. You can uh, help us out. We are obviously not in Ukraine. We're taking people's word for it about the right charities to uh, to give to. Uh, we're trying to listen as hard as we can to folks actually on the ground there in Ukraine. But of course, misinformation is uh, everywhere. So if there are good charities to give to that aren't listed on either of these stories, uh, please let us know. That would be good to, good to know and we can spread the word to other folks in the Discord and on the website. Moving on from that, uh, that somber story, uh, Sony did unveil the official PlayStation VR 2's design. Uh, it, uh, it's a little more open if you like the look of the PlayStation 5. Well, you might really like the look of the PlayStation VR 2. Uh, it's curvy. It's white. It's got vent holes. It does look a lot, breathe, a lot more breathable than your average VR headset. So that is a good thing. And that is something that they want. They want people to feel more comfortable in this headset than any other headset uh, on the market. So uh, they're excited to get this out the door. Uh, it doesn't have an official release window, PSVR 2, of course. But uh, as soon as we know that, we will let you know. A brief 14-minute Pokemon Presents presentation is happening this week. It's on February 27th. That's probably today or in the past. If you're listening to this, it's probably already happened. If you're listening to it now, we record on a Friday, of course, so we weren't able to see it. But of course, Pokemon Legends Arceus just came out. We may hear about Pokemon Legends Arceus DLC. Uh, we might hear about a bunch of stuff that we haven't heard from in a while. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see what this could be. I think Pokemon Legends Arceus is very cool. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be a possible Generation 9 reveal that would be very surprising it feels like that would be coming way too hot off the heels of pokemon legends arceus uh but we'll see uh when we have news of that of what is 
what was announced for that presentation. We will, of course, have all the details over on fanbyte.com. Uh, more shakeups facing BioWare as another executive has left Dragon Age. Uh, Gary McKay uh, announced on a on the BioWare blog that Christian Daly, who took over the executive producer role for upcoming Dragon Age game uh, in 2020, has left the company and said, quote, as we continue our journey, we wanted to wish Christian Daly a heartfelt farewell from BioWare. Christian started with us back in 2018 and has been a big influence on our games and leadership team most recently as executive producer over Dragon Age's development. The game, the games industry is ever changing, though, and sometimes folks want to go and try new things. We understand, but we will miss him as a friend and as a colleague. Okay, uh, this was also uh, accompanied by word that Mark Walters, who was an actor and director on the Mass Effect series, has taken the role of production director. Mass Effect probably is in rough shape, huh? Um, that's kind of, that's kind of our consensus over here. Uh, and Dragon Age is also kind of in worse shape, although it seems to be they are trying to get that out the door before the next Mass Effect. For folks wanting a really, really clear resolution to Dragon Age Inquisition, which introduced an interesting villain, Solus, to the stage, and Solus still living by the end of Dragon Age Inquisition, spoilers, uh, people were hoping for that this, that this new installment would have a very neat and tidy ending to that story. As more problems persist with this team, you start to wonder what this game is actually going to look like by the time it comes out. I'm still interested in all that, but I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. This team has gone through a lot over the past five years. Um, finally, uh, this is not really a news story, but of course, Elden Ring is out right now. We have a ton of pieces over on the website about it. We have uh, we have a couple of not review reviews because we're not trying to uh, to, uh, uh, to to to. Break anybody's health and spirit right now to just get a game uh, to get a game review up. But there are some pieces about it. Steven Strom and Imran Khan have written their pieces about it. And also tips guides, uh, uh, how to do certain things that might be obvious for uh, Soulsborne players that may not be obvious for brand new players. And my favorite, a PSA about the insects and bug like creatures and spiders uh, that appear in Elden Ring. It has no, by the way, this this piece has no images of any of those things. It's basically a PSA describing what you'll see if you have really bad arachnophobia or something like that. This guide will definitely walk you through uh, what you'll be able to see in that game. Uh, there is some creepy stuff in it, I won't lie. So if you're really averse to that stuff, this game might be a pass for you, but we do set you up with at least a knowledge base of what you can expect. I thought that was a really good idea that Steven put together for us uh and yeah uh we will be back of course next week with uh, a whole nother slew of top stories so keep it here lost in the madness of elden rings anticipated release was another massive game that got released this week, and it's the expansion to Destiny 2. It's called The Witch Queen, and we're covering it a lot over at fanbyte.com. But you know what? We haven't talked about it a whole lot on a lot of our podcasts. And with me to do that today is Dylan Skiffington. Hi, Dylan. Hi, John. How are you? Hi. It feels like Elden Ring fever has really swept everybody up, and everyone's talking about this crazy new Souls-like game. But uh, The Witch Queen is apparently very good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's... Uh, a big departure from previous destiny expansions. It's definitely a, a really good and needed change of pace, especially after it got delayed by what, like four or five months. Yeah. 
it, it did get some big delays. Um, if for folks that are <laughs> for, for folks, let's just say for people like me who have fallen off of destiny and been like, huh, this witch queen looks cool, but I don't know what's happening. Could you concisely tell me what's going on in the witch queen? Like lore wise, what's happening? Yeah. Tell me, tell me what's going on in this story. Uh, the witch, uh, Savathun, the witch queen, uh, has essentially stolen light for herself. Um, Damn. so for the first time ever, we're fighting like hive guardians, essentially. Yeah. Uh, that's so been the wild have, thing. So yes. they're like bad ghosts now, right? Yes. There are bad ghosts and there are good, bad ghosts, like defector ghosts and stuff. It's like this what? whole, everything's gray. Nothing's black and white anymore. Wow. That's cool. Um, so Sabathun stole light for herself. I keep hearing things like when you actually go through the missions of this game, there's kind of a uh, a mystery kind of detective-like quality to how the Witch Queen unfolds. Is that accurate? Have, is that what you found? Uh, yes, in the sense that nobody knows what's happening. So you're kind of like mm. doing a lot of investigating. Uh, there is also, yes, an actual investigation board. Well, that, that is more, I'm only like, I'm a little over halfway through and I've only interacted yeah. with that board once or twice. Sure. Uh, so it's more of like a late game slash post game thing. Um, but yeah, no, there's definitely more of a, we got to figure out what's going on, who, who's done what, why things are happening kind of vibe to it. Now, Sabathun is one of the uh, one of the high ranking members of the hive, correct? I mean, like one of the, the the main siblings of the of that trio that we've encountered before. Yeah, yeah. So there was Oryx, who we've killed before. Yes. There's Sabathun, and then there's another one who I can't remember. Um, uh, also has a wild name. We can yes. at least know that. Yes, this is the second of three, though, which is, I okay. guess, the important part. Okay. So we'll presumably tackle the third at some point, but this yeah. is, yeah. Okay. Um, well, cool. So you, you've only, you've only gotten halfway through the, the main scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've gotten decently far in it. Definitely getting to the point where like, we're starting to figure out, you know, what's going on, how she gained access to the light, but we're trying to figure out how we can stop it now. Yeah. In terms of locations, uh, what what what's different about the Witch Queen from previous expansions? Um, well, you go uh, back to Mars because if you have played Destiny, or I guess if you haven't, uh, some of the planets disappeared with Beyond Light uh, uh, last year, the year before. Uh, so like Mars and Io and a few others were just taken, gone. Like they literally apparently disappeared. Um. So Mars is back and uh, it has some changes. Like there are some like rifts in time. Uh, that's actually where you start the game is you start on Mars with these rifts that are displaying Mars as it looked back in the golden age. Oh, cool. um, so you're exploring that you're exploring Savatoon's throne world, which is just like <laughs> the place where she has handcrafted. Like it's outside of time and space. It's like her world. Um, and there's this mix of like old hive architecture and like this new version that she's created that is like centered around the light instead of darkness. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it seems when I've seen shots of the outdoor environments, it's very like, like bright, but like saturated. It's very eerie looking. Yeah. It's like a, 
it's like a it's like a weird eerie church feeling a lot of yeah. times almost it's like a very bright swamp or something it's like yeah. it's it's it seems really creepy um i like how i like destiny's environmental artists a lot because they can make even well lit places seem very uh uh foreboding i feel like <laughs> yeah i, I genuinely i do think destiny has like some of the best environments out there yeah just as far as like details go and stuff like that and sky boxes yeah. and it they, they really know how to nail basically every feeling out there yeah in terms of like gameplay uh gameplay additions changes what, what are some of the major ones in the witch queen i mean the biggest one is obviously the fact that you're fighting hive that have ghosts so you actually have to yeah. go up and kill their ghosts otherwise they just infinitely revive like you do that's um, cool so there's that um they also added a legendary difficulty for the campaign which a lot of people are playing through uh on their first time because it caps your light and makes things a lot more challenging it's basically like a hard mode uh it it feels punishing almost like a doom uh doom eternal kind of sense uh and then there's you know a bunch of new stuff like weapon crafting and uh a whole lot of you know new exotic quests and all the usual stuff that comes with a destiny expansion. Very cool. Um, any quality of life improvements? I know, I know like I, f- I always feel like from the outside looking in there, there's always some sort of controversy every time there's a big expansion or patch where like, Oh, now I've got to like, I can't do transmog very easily. There's stuff that's good or bad. Have there been good quality of life changes uh, coming this week? Yeah. I mean, there are a ton of, there are a ton of different changes that they've made. Um, yeah. You know, Void 3.0 launched, and rather than like it was with Stasis, where you had to earn each fragment like each week, if you've been playing Destiny, like if, if you're not a New Light player, they just gave you all of the Void stuff for free up front. You don't have to earn it. Mm. Um, and then, you know, in theory, weapon crafting is supposed to help with vault space being too full, uh, although that hasn't quite worked out because... Now you need these materials that come from guns that drop that you need to use, but the cap on those materials is so low that people are hoarding guns instead of the material. Oh, um, but you know, there's okay. some some other small quality of life stuff that you probably wouldn't notice unless you play the game a lot. But it, a lot of a lot of good small quality of life stuff also squeaked its way in. That's good. That's good. Do you do you play Crucible stuff at all, or do you not touch that? Uh, so Bungie sent out. A thing and apparently i pay i play like five percent of my time on crucible so like okay <laughs> enough but not a lot has anything changed uh you know with with that mode at all i mean if for folks that don't know it's really like the competitive arena mode for destiny which is uh, a mixed bag i would say yeah they changed uh, a decent amount they made it so that when you kill a guardian they only drop one special ammo instead of all their special ammo because they're trying oh, okay. to they're trying to like remove shotguns and snipers from being so dominant. Um, and they're, you know, they've rebalanced some stasis stuff, some supers, um, just a bunch of stuff like that, just to try to make it a little more playable and a little less yeah. whoever's ahead dominates kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, is this now this is the last expansion before the final one. Is that correct for Destiny 2? No, I think they have two more. They have two more. Okay. Um, and that's just in this saga, because apparently, like, after the next two expansions, they're going to be moving on from this whole light versus darkness thing. Yeah. 
Because the next one, feel, the next feels, one's called like Lightfall. Yeah. Yeah, Lightfall, right? And then there's the last one is the final shape or something. The final shape. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and that'll that'll be sometime in 2023. I think they've said. Um, which will be interesting. I, are you still, you know, as excited about Destiny as uh, as you you know ever have been? I feel like I fell off of it a bit. Um, yeah. I hope, hopefully I'm back on it now. I think a lot of the changes they made are really good. Um, I guess it depends. We'll have to see how, you know, season of the risen goes. Cause not a whole lot has actually been revealed about that. Cause they've mostly been focusing on witch queen. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah, there's a decent sense. amount of basic info out there, but it takes a long time to get to the seasonal stuff, which is honestly what will sustain you going forward. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, I do, I, I, I think I'll be back in it for a while. Um, I think the changes they make, they keep making are good ones. Uh, yeah. Just the question is, how will they keep people, you know, playing for the next year? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a tricky uh, thing to figure out uh, with such a huge and passionate fan base. Um, although the fan base is not as uh, terrible as Halos, I would say at this point. No, no, <laughs> Halos fan base is on another level. <laughs> they're so bad I, you keep posting stuff in slack i'm just like wow these people are on one constantly um what else have you been playing i know you've been really busy uh it takes two unfortunately um, really i mean it's a good game we just we just beat it my wife and i just beat it last night my wife uh, it's a fun game um yeah it is definitely there are some moments where you, all you can do is like watching horror, but uh, it's a good game though. It's fun. <laughs> it's such, it's, I, I still haven't played it. I've, I've told several people on staff, I would play it with them and we haven't done that yet. But uh, yeah, that's, that's what I hear from everybody. It's like, Oh yeah, it's a great game. Also. I, I like, I put my hands over my mouth in disgust at four different points or whatever. Yep. I was like, wait, hold on. What? How does this work? Um, but no, that's cool. Uh, you still on the Final Fantasy 14 trolley or have you kind of dipped for a little while? I'm on and off. Uh, yeah. I'm somewhere like towards the, I'm like 30% maybe into Stormblood. Okay. All right. I've been trying you're, to get you're, through those. You're way, you're way ahead of me. Yeah. Th- those games are long. Turns out each one's like 60 yeah. hours. So it yes. takes a while. It's a, yeah, these are beefy. Um, did you see any of the live letter stuff? Did you see how they're going to revamp some of the graphics and yada, yada, yada? Yeah, I, I try. It's hard. To, uh, yeah specifically because this last live letter began with like this retrospective of all the previous content. So like I had to kind of yeah, avoid it because to, they were just talking to, about spoiler stuff constantly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't remember any names from anything. So like I, I was even on a spoiler cast for Final Fantasy 14 and remember none of it, but yeah, the live letter just talked about a lot of characters that just don't show up until late in the game. And I was like, Oh, well, I guess I can't really pay attention to this, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I've also kind of uh, gotten myself because I did watch one live letter before Endwalker. Yeah. And I spoiled myself in the sense that <laughs> I know certain characters live until Endwalker. Right. Yeah. Because uh, so, like I had my first moment not too long ago where one of those characters was like, are they going to die? And I was like, they right. don't. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> of course not. No. Um, well, Cool. Uh, this is this has been nice to catch me up with with Destiny because I y'all you and Colin and uh, and Diego have been super busy covering it. But I have to be honest, I've been so um, 
I don't know. I've been so weird about just anticipating Elden Ring. I haven't really been paying attention. So I, I needed a refresher. Yeah. It's so a busy, busy February. I think everyone's kind of excused. It's kind of weird. I, I mean, and even next week, like Gran Turismo seven comes out and I'm like, wow, that's only, I'm, I'm that's days away. So I'm super psyched about that too. Um, uh, all right. Well, Dylan, thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Well, folks, you made it past the February deluge. We just had Elden Ring. We just had Destiny 2, The Witch Queen. We had Horizon Forbidden West. A lot of stuff happening all at once. I hope you're enjoying those games. hope you're just taking the time to enjoy one of these games. I know Elden Ring's really good. I'm going to tell you about that here in a second. Let's start with Xbox Games for Gold and uh, PlayStation Plus for March. We don't have all the details on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate yet, uh, but we'll probably have those next week for March. But for uh, Xbox uh, Games for Gold, there are four titles coming in March. One is The Flame and the Flood. The other is uh, Sacred 2 Fallen Angel. Those will be uh, at the beginning of the month, I believe. And then there's also uh, Street Power Soccer, which will be available on March 16th. And uh, same same with Square uh, SpongeBob's Truth or Square, which is the uh, 2009 action game based on the TV episode of the exact same name. Uh, if you're familiar with SpongeBob, I'm not. This that that was told to me by Polygon.com. I just have to assume that that's true. Um, so yeah, those four coming to Games of Gold for uh, March 2022 on PlayStation Plus. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say a better slate of games. Uh, Sony really knocked it out of the park this time. Um, on March 1st, you can play Ark Survival Evolved. That's a PlayStation 4 game. You'll also be able to play Team Sonic Racing, which is very cool on PS4. Uh, Ghost Runner will be on PS5. That is a very cool uh, like slash and dash parkour traversal game it's pretty neat it's very cool for speed running and finally there is ghost of tsushima legends for ps4 and ps5 uh that is very cool that is by the way that's the standalone cooperative multiplayer game uh component of ghost of tsushima so it's not like the whole uh, big single player campaign and all that stuff i've heard good things about ghost of tsushima legends but uh the, the all i know is that the single player version is very very cool um, to, uh, on Monday, February 28th, if you're listening to this after this, this is irrelevant to you, uh, but you've got to get EA sports, UFC Four, planet coaster console edition and tiny Tina's assault on dragon keep, uh, before they leave, uh, they will bounce, uh, starting on March 1st. Okay. In terms of brand new releases this week, we have a few that should definitely be on your radar. So let's get to them. Uh, Elex 2 comes to PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and PC on March 1st. Far Changing Tides come to the exact same platforms I just mentioned. So basically everything. But in addition to Nintendo Switch on March 1st, we have Puzzle Quest 3 coming to PC, iOS, and Android on March 1st. Shadow Warrior 3 will have some coverage, I believe, on the website about that playstation 4 xbox one and pc on march 1st babylon's fall that's going to be an interesting one uh coming to playstation 5 playstation 4 and pc on march 3rd and then march 4th is the big one 
Yeah, I know. You thought we were done. You thought we were done with the big games. Nope, we're not. Uh, Triangle Strategy comes to Nintendo Switch on March 4th. You can play the demo right now for free on Nintendo Switch. It gets you through a couple hours of the game uh, up to chapter five, uh, up to chapter three, I believe. Uh, you can get your units up to chapter five and your save will carry over into the full game. So it's a very cool thing they're doing. You don't have to start over if you get the new game. It is a uh, tactical uh, turn-based role-playing uh role-playing game it's just like final fantasy tactics uh if you've played that or if you played something like fire emblem uh, you'll be familiar with the with the gameplay in that and it's uh pretty good i think that i think the writing in this voice acting is a little uneven i have to say that i know some people have disagreed with that but i i think it's a little uneven but it seems like a cool game so i'll definitely pick that up uh and on also on march 4th grand turismo 7 Yes, PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. I know I'm going to be picking this up. I know Paul's going to be picking this up. Uh, we are super, super excited about Gran Turismo 7 over here on Thanks for the Knowledge. It is a hardcore racing simulation. Uh, get that get that for, for, Forza Horizon BS out of here. I still love you, Forza Horizon. But I cannot wait to get under the hood of these cars, make minute changes that are the key to victory on the track. Uh, this game I'm super, super excited about, and it's coming on March 4th. Okay, so that's that's it for this this week. Uh, but I do want to talk. I want to I want to tell you my impressions of one of the biggest releases of the past, I don't know, few years, I feel like. It's Elden Ring. Uh, I have bounced off every single Souls game that has been put in front of me, and I've tried them all. And I have to say, five to six hours into Elden Ring, this is going to stick with me. I am craving going back right now. I was playing it just minutes before I started recording this. I'm going to dive back in right after I finish because it's just one of my favorite games that's come out in a long time, even at this early stage. Turns out that the loop of death that I've constantly been in in these Souls games was exacerbated by the fact that you're kind of stuck, right? You're kind of in this claustrophobic cycle of you're going, you're running through a bunch of enemies that want to take your head off and you get to a boss and you can't really do anything else. If you're stuck on the boss, you kind of kind of just keep banging your head against it. Elden Ring really takes that aspect out of the game. If you're banging your head against something, you can go out into the open world and find something else to do. Find something else that might be more fun, that might be more, uh, that might be easier, that might be more rewarding to your play style. It might give you a cool item or give you enough leveling up to go back to the thing that you were trying to do and finally tackle it. And it's that freedom that Elden Ring is given to a player like me that has made me think that this is one of the best games that's come out in a long time. I'm having a really, really good time with it. Um, I think it's, uh, it, it, it's probably deserving of all the incredible praise it's gotten. And uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, it does scratch a little bit of that Breath of the Wild itch. I know some people, a lot of people are comparing those two games, Breath of the Wild to Elden Ring. I'll say this. Breath of the Wild has uh, climbing going for it. That's one thing. From a gameplay perspective, that really opens things up. And no game is really even attempted to make that uh, part of their repertoire the way that uh, Breath of the Wild has. Even Horizon Forbidden West, which has added a lot of climbing, it's in specific places. You have to hold on to specific things. Maybe more realistic in a... In a, a genuine sense but like it's less free right you have to find the places to traverse things like that 
Elden Ring, you're still not doing a whole lot of climbing and stuff like that. But the big difference between Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring are the open world tone, right? There is something bleak and sad about Breath of the Wild, but there is also something hopeful about it. And Elden Ring is still pretty bleak. I know those pockets of hope are there, but like that's really the big thing. So if you're someone that like doesn't kind of want to get bombarded with some kind of heaviness and bleakness and starkness, um, Elden Ring might be a little heavy for you. I'll say that. So when you're seeing a lot of those comparisons, keep that in mind. But in terms of like finding cool stuff and kind of tickling that, you know, that, that wonder part of exploration, um, Elden Ring does a pretty good job. So I really recommend it, especially if you've bounced off of stuff before. I do think they do enough things in this game to say, Hey, like a whole new slew of uh, players, can get into this and find something that they enjoy. And I'm already finding myself going, okay, well now that I kind of understand this loop and this engine a little bit better, I might want to go back and play some of the older games and see if I can actually just push through them. Right. So that's how I feel about Elden ring. It's one of the biggest games that has come out in a long time. Everybody's treating it like that and it deserves it. It's very, very good. And that's, uh, that's what's coming up for you, uh, for you this week. Enjoy Elden ring. If you're playing it, enjoy whatever you're playing. There's a lot of good stuff out right now. That is going to do it for this week's episode. I want to thank my guest, Dylan Skiffington, for hanging out and talking to me about Destiny 2, The Witch Queen. You can find him, of course, all over our guides section at fanbyte.com, but over on Twitter at Squiblon. That is S-Q-U-I-B-L-O-N. That's it's like Dylan with a squib. Um, you can find my wonderful producer, Paul Tamayo, over at Polly Mayo. And he's got a lot of podcasts here on the Podcast Network. You can find those and all the ones that Jordan Mallory also produces at podcastnet.work. There's so much to choose from. It's all great. Um, our Twitch channel is at twitch.tv slash fanbyte. We are streaming every single weekday at this point. It's one of the things that we are enjoying a lot when the day kind of winds down. Uh, so please check us out there. Our Discord can be found at fanbyte.casa. Uh, you can find me at Floppy Adult on Twitter if you like. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess until next time, you're welcome. Thank you.